on the outside, my life looked great, right? I was in my 20s, owned a beautiful home, was making well into the six figures, had a lot of comfortable things, had a great lifestyle, but I was empty. And one of the things that I had to start to do was unpack all of the things that I had been avoiding for a long time with work. And so my business and becoming a coach really was birthed out of my own healing journey and being willing to face the things that I actually wanted to run away from. And that was a lot of my pain and unresolved um, trauma and grief that I hadn't allowed myself to feel for so many years. I just buried myself in work. And so Coachable was really birthed out of that awakening season for me, which also came with a lot of uncertainty. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Sean and Lacey here, and we're super excited about this particular episode because I know this is going to bring massive benefit to so many people, especially those of you who during this season of life and this season on your calendar are experiencing a lot of doubt, a lot of questions, um, a lot of uncertainty. We're going to be talking to a life coach who is really making tons of waves, especially in the circles that Lacey and I run in. And I got to tell you, you know, a lot of times for some of you that are listening, you might be thinking like, well, first of all, what is a life coach? We'll dive into that. And why would I need a life coach? Well, I got to tell you in personal, from personal experience, um, Lacey working with a life coach has been absolutely phenomenal. I know that it's brought tremendous value to her life. And I know that for any of you that are working through a new season of life, um, this can be an invaluable tool. There's a lot of reasons why you might be looking for a life coach, but a lot of you might not know that that's what you're looking for. And so mm -hmm. we're going to open up that whole subject, that whole can of worms. Let's welcome in Tori Gordon from Coachable. What's up, you guys? Thanks for having me. Excited We're to be super, here. Super, super excited to have you. We start every single podcast with the exact same question for our guests. And I know because I've seen your work that uh, your answer is going to be incredibly inspirational. But you know what? When you see someone like yourself that's finding success in her space and doing great things, and then especially when you couple that with your strong presence on social media, it's really easy for people to look at you and then just think, well, that's because she probably had somebody uh, set that up for her or maybe her parents um, own TikTok or all of these <laughs> crazy things that people think. And one of the things I think is super valuable is, is for all of us to be able to connect with the journey because we hear from experts every single week here on the podcast. But we don't realize is that they weren't born experts, that they are people just like us. So tell us a little bit about your creation story. How do we end up here talking to you today? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. It's a pleasure. And, um, you know, for me, I didn't start my entrepreneurial journey um, 
until pretty recently. It was actually 2019. Um, and it was after a bit of a kind of awakening moment I had with myself, which required me to reevaluate a lot of what was important to me and what I was pursuing and ask a deeper question about why I was pursuing the things that I was I was. Um, what I was chasing looked um, a lot like climbing a corporate ladder and trying to make as much money as I could. And um, I was 27 at the time in 2018 when my mom passed away, um, actually about 10 days after my 27th birthday. And that was uh, the last thing in a string of pretty traumatic events in my life, a lot of loss that happened over about a 10-year span. And that I never really had the time or the luxury of working through and processing. Um, but when she passed, it was this moment for me where I really had to, one, it was the first time I could sort of exhale um, in about 10 years, truly, because there was just so much that was happening year after year consecutively. I, I lost six primary family members in a very small amount of time and lived through a massive F4 tornado. And so... In 2018, after after my mom, I had to really be honest with myself and say, okay, I am here. I am living my life. I have time. I don't know how much time, but it became abundantly clear to me that my time was limited and it was uncertain of how much of that I had. And my energy, um, my time, my energy my, were my two greatest assets. And I had to really get clear about what those things were going to and why. And at that point, um, I was head of corporate sales training, uh, development, onboarding, and performance management for a large corporate legal uh, company. And on the outside, my life looked great, right? I was in my 20s, owned a beautiful home, was making well into the six figures, had a lot of comfortable things, had a great lifestyle, but I was empty. And one of the things that I had to start to do was unpack all of the things that I had been avoiding for a long time with work. And so my business and becoming a coach really was birthed out of my own healing journey and being willing to face the things that I actually wanted to run away from. And that was a lot of my pain and unresolved um, trauma and grief that I hadn't allowed myself to feel for so many years. I just buried myself in work. And so Coachable was really birthed out of that awakening season for me, which also came with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pain, a lot of questions about, you know, am I on the right path? Is this really what I'm meant to be doing? How can I make a bigger impact on the world? Which I know so many of us ask if we are so brave enough to, because when we ask those questions, I think it opens up the possibility of having to change something. And for those of us who are comfortable with how things are, change can be really scary. Um, but my, yeah, my journey started really um, as a result of having to look inward and ask some really tough questions, but ultimately led me to then sharing my journey online and social media. And it was crazy how quickly people started to relate to that kind of just authentic expression of, hey, this is where I'm at in my life. This is what I'm learning. And I'm going to kind of take you guys along for the ride. Yeah, I love that. I think so many people, you know, go through through traumas and big transitions and hardships in their life. And, you know, oftentimes it's really difficult to come out of that and work through it to where you can get to a point of clarity. Like you said, you had these two assets and you wanted to figure out 
I need clarity on it. What do I do next with my life and my, my world? And I know that you teach this concept um, uh, around the <laughs> holy shit kind of term terminology, you know, finding the holy in the shit. And I feel like your story is such a true testament to that concept specifically. So can you tell our audience a little bit? I'm sure that they can begin to do that in their own world. Yeah. You know, one of the things I say is trauma or adversity, hardship doesn't discriminate, you know. Um, in 2011, um, in my hometown in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, I lived through a massive F4 tornado that came through our hometown in April of 2011. And I remember um, for a couple days, like the, the environment, the storm was, was kind of brewing and meteorologists could tell that this was, the conditions were right for a massive storm. And there was an outbreak in our, uh, in our, um, state that day. And the tornado that came through our town at some points reached a mile and a half wide. Um, and I remember hearing about it on TV and hearing them say, okay, uh, Snow Hinton Park, it's coming for you. We were watching it on on uh, TV, and the where I was at the time was right next to that park. And I remember looking at the TV and thinking, "Holy shit, I could die right now." And the thing about storms is that they have a life of their own, right? They have a trajectory, and it doesn't care if you're on the rich side of the street or the poor side of the street. If you come from, you know. A, family, a nuclear family or a divorced family. It doesn't care what you did last night. It doesn't care what you hope to do. It's just on a path and it is destructive. And um, so I had this moment of like, wow, I feel so small in the face of something so large. And um, so it was like a humbling moment, but also a really scary one. And after that storm, um, luckily where I was, I was safe. It was it went by really quickly. And then I realized that my dad was down the street. Actually, um, what's crazy is my mom and my sister were about an hour away. My sister was going through chemo treatments for leukemia at the time. And she calls me and she says, Tori, go find your dad because it went right past our house. And it did. And I was able to, to find him, locate him despite all of the crazy destruction. And he was safe, luckily. And um, although just steps away from our home, many people weren't. Um, and, and so that was the beginning of this idea that, um, you know, there are storms that happen in our lives, whether they're financial storms, whether they're physical storms, whether they're relational, emotional, and these moments just require us to say like, holy shit. <laughs> but that idea is the, how do I find the holy the sacred, the meaning, the lesson, the purpose in the hardship, in that thing that just feels like it it can wreck your life or or your love or your health, whatever that's wreaking havoc on your situation. And that has been my journey, you know, so much is is how do I find the purpose in the pain? And I think it's just funny if we take a moment just to think about who ever put those two words together in general? Like who just said, we're going to say holy shit from now on when we want to really like show our excitement or our, our awe or whatever. And those two words just don't typically go together. But I think it's an amazing opportunity to look at it 
from a different perspective and to say, okay, these moments that make us want to crumble and cry and just feel like we can't face, maybe, just maybe there's something in it for me, that it's not just happening to me, but maybe I can find that there's a blessing in it. And um, I, I hope that my story and what I share with people is that when you feel hopeless, like there actually is hope to cling to and that you can find kind of the silver lining in, in the things that you're going through. I absolutely agree, but I'm going to play devil's advocate <laughs> because I recently saw a post online from a friend that was going through a health situation that was very painful. They were like, oh, I have so much pain. Maybe like if you needed a root canal even, or you, you're just in a ton of pain. And somebody commented, what are the lessons? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if you're in that much pain, kind of hard to stop and find the lessons. If you mm -hmm. are grieving the loss of a loved one, it's kind of hard to stop and find the lessons. What are some tools or techniques or strategies that you have found, maybe some that you would utilize to walk someone through? Like, how do I find the, the ability to just stop the chaos in order to find those lessons? Hmm. Yeah. I want to first acknowledge that this is a process. Uh, I didn't come <laughs> to these revelations and this perspective overnight. I am you know, there's quite a bit of distance between who I am today and the perspective that I have and those events. So I want to be really honest and say like right after those experiences, when I was in the middle of those experiences, I was not looking for the lessons. <laughs> okay. So I want to give people the dignity of their process. And I think it's important to honor that the grieving process is different for everybody and it takes on different forms. It comes in waves and it's certainly not my um, intention to take someone out of their pain in the moment and be like, oh, let's look for the silver lining and the blessing. That can actually be one of the most insensitive things that we can do um, and invalidating things that we can do. And so I think Part of it is giving ourselves grace to go through the different stages of grief and experiencing in all of the human condition, which part of that can be hopeless at some points. It can say, say like, this absolutely sucks. And I think there is importance in feeling that fully um, and not bypassing it. I think we live in a culture where oftentimes we just want to make it all better and like put some spit and, and like make it all go away and like wipe it away and or sweep it under the rug. And I really encourage people to feel the fullness of your emotions um, because avoiding hard things makes life unavoidably harder. And sometimes we just need to acknowledge the shit storm that we're in, right, if you will. So um, I, I would say let's not bypass the realities that people are experiencing and be um, allow people to have the dignity of their own, their own experience and recognize that there will come a time if you're willing, once you have some distance from it, that you can start to, that, like the sharpness and the intensity of, of the moment isn't as sharp because you have a little bit of space from it. Then you can start to turn back and say, hey, does this 
do I have a different vantage point now a little bit? Or can I start to ask a different question about why this happened? Because I think when we go through hard things, one of the 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 like stages of grieving and in processing that is asking the question why why did this happen that i asked myself i asked god i asked anybody that, like why would this happen why did we have to go through this why did i have to experience this and um I, what i realized was the constructs and the places that i was asking those questions didn't always have the answers mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it actually led me to have have to ask more spiritual, have a more spiritual conversation, um, and, and bring faith into it because a lot of times there isn't a clear understanding or clear answer to why things happen the way that they do. I love that you talk about that asking why, because I feel like so many people when they're going through things, they are in search of an answer, right? They're like, like they need to know. And like you said, it's part of a process. And I think oftentimes people don't give themselves permission to fully go through the process because when you're in, like when you're deep in the shit, like it's really difficult to see the lesson that you are supposed to learn, right? And you can easily misconstrue the lesson because you're in a space where you can't fully recognize what's happening and why it happened. And so I love that, like that it's a process. Give yourself permission to go through the process. Don't be so hard. You don't have to know now as long as you're willing to search into it after. And I think that's a, that's a really powerful thing. And I hope people capture that because we are people that want to move through life very quickly and avoid pain as much as possible and get through pain as much as possible when in fact sometimes it's a necessity to really get out of it what you were supposed to. So I think that's – Yeah. Yeah. There there was a teacher that said um, – his name's Peter Crone – that I came across his work several years after a lot of my loss. So I – like I said, I had a little bit of distance from the things that I was um, kind of healing from. But he has a quote and he says, what happened happened and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. And I just want to let that land for people because so often we look back and we're like, if only it had been different. If only I could have changed it. If only I'd made a different choice. If, if only insert different result, right? And we kind of linger on that and ruminate on that and wish things would be different as opposed to accepting the reality that what happened happened. And if I can come into acceptance of that instead of resist it and, and want to change it and want to make it different, then I can live in the reality of the present moment, of the experience that I'm currently having instead of living trying to change something that will never change. And in that, that can feel harsh when you hear what happened happened and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't um, at the time, but there's so much truth in it. And it invites us into a level of acceptance that we, we might not have experienced before. And there's peace in that. There was peace in it for me. Um, and But I also just want to say that, yeah, when we're in the shit, <laughs> we want to get out of it as quickly as possible. It's normal. And you were talking about it. It feels like we want to know why. We want the certainty. And uh, that certainty, if we feel like we can cling to an answer or an understanding, it makes us feel safe. Um, and as human beings, we want to find that safety, even it's, if it's in the denial or the resist 
resistance or in the story that we're telling. Um, and so I, I just really have a lot of compassion for people that are moving through hard, challenging seasons because we don't always come into acceptance immediately. Mm -hmm. Again, it's part of a process. Um, and, you know, there's grace and uh, like, I have so much compassion for people who are seeking out, like wanting to know, know, have that certainty around why things happened because we're all looking to feel a little bit safer and more secure, especially in times that feel really, really challenging. And so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's the human condition. Um, it's just right. for, for me, it's just like, how is this helping me to move forward? Um, because I can't, change what happened? How do I learn to live with it? How do I learn to move forward? Not just a lot of people say, just move on. It's like, no, how do I use what happened and let that change me for the better and not for the worse? And I love that because it's just, it's this whole idea of like, life isn't what ha what's happening to us. It's like who we are in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, we get to make that choice every day. Like you said, it's, things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. Um, so it's about how we show up and the choices that we make and how we show up on a day-to-day -day basis and how we can reflect on the things that happened. It's about who we are, not what's actually happening to who we are, right? And mm -hmm. so it's so empowering to know that as an individual, like we get to make that choice of how we want to take the things in our life, you know, and how we want to learn from them and how we want to transfer that experience and that knowledge into others to empower them too. Like, yeah. and, and allowing that permission is, is, is important for everybody listening out there. Well, I, mean, I, I have a quick, we have a question on, on that for maybe it's for the two of you actually. And, 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 and I'm, I don't want to be insensitive and I'll depersonalize it a little bit. Let's talk about like, um, you have a friend, um, for you guys, uh, you have a girlfriend who uh, went through a, a, a breakup and now it's like a year later. And they still talk about the guy. They're still upset about the guy. They can't go to such and such a place because they don't want to run into the guy. Is there a point where you're dragging it on too long? Hmm. I have, um, I'll speak for myself. I've started to use a saying, um, and I think it's relevant to what I was just kind of speaking to. There's there are things or storms, quote unquote, in life that happen that are beyond our control that we didn't create, right? Um, and then there are things that we all are self in, induced. Like we maybe it's we participated in a relationship, and you know the reason that it didn't work out we had a part in. Um, and one of so there's the things that we play a role in and we control. Um, and the result is a byproduct of our contribution. And the, the things that just happen that seem to happen to us, whether it's a cancer diagnosis, a, a physical storm, you know, something like that, a car accident, whatever. Um, and one of the things that I say is I deserve to be happy and I refuse to contribute to my own to the creation of my own unhappiness. And one of the things I had to learn was I didn't realize how often I perpetuated pain and suffering in my own life because that was my normal for so long. So holding on to a breakup or, or you know, holding on to the pain of that and not 
either forgiving or accepting or allowing yourself to move through it. Um, for me, I, I've done things like that. And then I realized I'm creating my own unhappiness. I'm participating in my own suffering actively by refusing to accept what is or by trying to control someone else or make someone else change. And so I think for me, it's how can I look at and be responsible for the ways in which I contribute to perpetuating this story that maybe I'm the victim or I was wronged or this person hurt me as opposed to reclaiming the the truth that you deserve to be happy, you deserve to be at peace, you de deserve to enjoy your life and to be able to move forward and look at how am I actually preventing myself from moving forward? And a lot of times that's attachment, attachment to um, – you know, a story or the way we thought it would go, or we want someone, you know, we want to avoid pain. Um, so that's one thing I would say is just look at how you're, you're actually perpetuating your own suffering by, by making something, prolonging something or um, sticking to kind of an idea or a story like that. I, yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's all, you always have to ask yourself, like, how do I want to choose to show up in an undesirable circumstance? And then how long am I willing to live in that undesirable circumstance? And I think, you know, number one, I am in no place to ever judge how long anybody should go through any process. Um, I'm in no place to judge what it will take or what it looks like because we all are unique human beings with unique perspectives and unique ways of expressing and um, and reliving and resolving all of the issues and things that we go through. Um, but I would say you always have to ask yourself, like, who am I trying to become um, and who am I trying to show up as and how long am I willing to let this dilute that individual that I want to be? And so if you can ask yourself that every day, you can make choices that move you in the direction that you want to go. And sometimes that helps you to release, you know, the thing, very thing that you're holding on to because it's no longer congruent with that person that you're trying to move towards. But it's not always easy. I mean, we've all, like you said, we've all held on to things for way too long. Let's be real, right? Yeah, 100%. So I'm wondering my, my next question. Um, in your experience, because you work with people working through these these issues, and and not just these issues, but in, in a lot of ways, on a, from a from a high level viewpoint, if somebody doesn't have these tools to work through, to process, and learn the lessons, what are some of the outcomes or results that they might be experiencing in their life that might be sort of signs that maybe they could benefit by having somebody hold their hand and help them through that process? Yeah, I think there's several things that come to mind. Uh, I would say generally the thing I hear most is when someone comes to me, they come to me because they're struggling in a certain area and they feel stuck or they feel like they can't make progress. They can't move forward or achieve the results that they want to achieve. And a lot of times that's a byproduct of self-sabotaging behaviors um, that are unconscious uh, of, of survival or self-protection strategies that they have adopted because of the way things have been in their life, the way they grew up, the way you know things have unfolded, the things they had to do to get through to where they are today. Um, and that's a very common theme of feeling like, you know, I just can't 
seem to get to where I want to go. I can't achieve the goals that I want to achieve. Maybe I have, like, I believe that I can, but my results are speaking and the evidence that I have is, is saying otherwise. There's typically some unresolved uh, um, or un. A conscious pattern that's in place that's creating that self-sabotaging behavior, whether that's people-pleasing, procrastination, lack of boundaries. There's so many different things, just consistent feeling of overwhelm, feeling lost, feeling you know, like they're struggling with doubt or insecurities or self-confidence. These are all microcosms or, or manifestations of something that that is misaligned or that's that's not um you know, really being looked at and honored. And so what I help people do is to kind of identify the the block that's actually preventing them from moving forward. And a lot of times I tell people, you know, we think we set a goal for ourselves and it's like putting a destination into your GPS, right? If you're trying to go somewhere you've never gone before in business or in a relationship or financially, you put that goal in mind and it's like, okay, I'm going to put that destination in my GPS. And we expect life to present us a long list of, okay, this is the step you take. This is where you turn this, you go 10 miles and then, you know, get onto this highway. And that's not how life dishes up guidance, honestly. And so a lot of us are waiting to get started or to take the next step because we want to be certain that it's the right step. So I help people to really identify, is is it my belief of needing to have it or do it perfectly? Is it my fear that if I actually get going that I won't be able to do it and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll fail? So it's really identifying what's the root cause of the undesirable outcome that you're getting or the pattern that you are, have identified as continuing to come up for you so that we can recognize that I can have a goal and put that into my mental GPS and life is just going to spit out the first step. It's going to say, just get going. And then I'll present you the next right action. I'll, I'll give you the next piece of information. And so I encourage people to maybe the next right step for you is to ask for support, is to admit that you need help, is to look for a, a friend or a mentor or a coach or a therapist to start to, to like help you get clarity in the areas that you feel stuck. Because, um, you know, I don't think anyone ever gave us a human manual on how to be human and to do life, right? We're all trying our best and figuring it out day to day. Um, but I encourage people to look for people in their life that have results that they want to have and seek them out for guidance and and support. And that's kind of how I see myself as kind of a traffic <laughs> traffic director for a lot of people when they're looking for for direction. All right. So we, we are coming up towards the end of the podcast. I want to know if that resonates with any of our viewers or listeners, how do they contact you? How can somebody get more information about working with you and explore the wor world of Tori a little more? Yeah, I would love to connect with any of your audience. Um, you can reach me online. I am the Tori Gordon on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, you can visit my website, ToriGordon.com, and figure out and learn more about all the programs that I'm offering. Um, but the biggest place that I hang out outside of social media is actually the Coachable Podcast, where I also put out weekly episodes um, with thought leaders and experts like yourselves about how we can navigate this journey and human experience and learn from one 
one another and learn how to do things better. Um, so you can check out that on Apple, Spotify, and all of that information is available on my website, ToriGordon.com. Tori Gordon, that's T-O-R-I, ToriGordon.com. Make sure that you check her out. Um, you're going to love, there's tons of free resources on there. I was on the website prior um, to today, and there's all kinds of really valuable gems there. Please check that out. Plug in with Tori. She is one of the kindest and nicest human beings that you could possibly meet. You'll realize that she has so much to offer you. And who knows? You may end up working together and she might be helping you to reach those next levels, to break through of those chains and shackles that you feel like might be holding you back and help you to elevate your vision and get to where you really deserve to be in life. Tori, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We appreciate right, you. Everybody. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast.